Stay the way, stay the way, no matter what life brings, you've got to stay the way. Good glorious morning. My name is Jonathan. What a beautiful day to bring in Proverbs chapter 26. It's Friday, and if you want to follow along, you can go to Proverbs chapter 26 in your Bible and read along with us. I'm going to pray, which is simply talking to God and asking him for his favor in his word. You see, the word of God is one of two things eternal on this earth. One is the word of God, and two are the souls of men. We have the opportunity to mend them together today in his glory. So, Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that it brings, that you give light unto my path. Lord, that you would show me the way in which I should go. And I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for the love and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. All three in one, one God eternal. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. As the bird by wandering and the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. A whip for the horse and a bridle for the ass as a rod for the fool's back. There's implements of correction to be used here. And the rod is used for the fool. It also happens to be used for the child who's learning the way in which he should go. So it's interesting that we're told that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. It doesn't have to stay there. It could go. But you train them. You teach them. You rebuke them. And as you do, they grow in the wisdom and stature of God. Verse 4. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou, that's you, also be like unto him. And answer a fool, verses 5, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. What does that look like? Well, the Pharisees, who were the hypocritical people of the day, came to Jesus and said, Jesus, tell us, are you the Son of God? Who works all these miracles? And Jesus knowing what was in their heart, knowing that he was being set up for a trap. And you'll have to forgive me. I, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm, I'm mixing something up here. But you can read it for yourself. Jesus, knowing that they were setting him up, it was a trap. He knew the answer because he was God. He knew everything. Jesus answered, was the working in John of the, of the Holy Spirit? Was it of God or was it of man? So he's referring back because they all knew about who God, uh, John, the God, <laughs> John the Baptist was. And they all knew of the workings of God in his life. And they all knew that people were getting healed. They were being uh, built up in the, in the Lord by the gospel of John. John saying, Behold, here comes one who's crying in the wilderness. He was speaking about Jesus. He's, he's bringing life. And John the, John the Baptist actually said, he, The one who comes after me is greater than I. I must decrease that he must increase. So those things were true. And the Pharisees knew all about John. You see, they had done everything they could to shut John up. Now, when they came and asked Jesus this trick question, Jesus said, is this of God or is it of man? And the Pharisees, they knew the answer. They knew that no man could do what John the Baptist was doing. 
And we know that from the rest of the Bible. But in that moment, they chose not to answer. Though they knew the answer, they chose not to. So when it says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest thou be like him, Jesus responded with the same, in a sense, the same foolish question, knowing the answer. He didn't ask the question for himself. He asked it for them, which is quite opposite of what they were doing to him. They were trying to set him up in a trap, even though they knew the answer. So Jesus responds, answer a fool according to his folly, lest thou be wise. He be wise in his own conceit. So he says, if you answer me this, I'll answer your question. And they go back and forth and they say, well, we, we can't, we can't say. Like they knew the answer, but they, they openly say, well, we don't know. And so Jesus' response is, well, then you didn't answer my question. I won't answer yours. And there was no escalation. There was no fight. There was no battle. It was all put away. And that's great application of verses four and five here. Let's move on. Verse six, he that sendeth a message by the hand of the fool cutteth off the feet and drinketh the damage. The legs of the lame are not equal. So a lame person is someone who has quite literally one leg not working quite as well as the other. So is a parable in the mouth of fools. So a fool doesn't know how to tell the parable in a teaching manner either. Verse 8, he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. So you are preparing a tool of destruction if you give honor to a fool. Verse 9, as thorn as a thorn goes up into the hand of the drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. Again, fools being the focus here. The great God who formed all things both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth transgressors. It's interesting. He's not talking about the righteous here. He's saying the foolish people and the people who are choosing to sin, God's going to handle them. And then he gives us an application. As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. You ever see a dog go back and eat up its vomit? That's gross. That's what fools do. They continue to do the same thing over and over and over. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope for a fool than for him. A slothful man saith, there's a lion in the way. There's a lion in the streets. As the door turneth upon its hinges, so doth the slothful in his bed. The lazy person. So we got foolish people, we got lazy people. We're learning about verse 15. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, and it grieveth him to bring it back to his mouth again. I always think of this with popcorn. You stick your hand in the popcorn bucket, you, you, you're too lazy to even bring it back to your mouth. Not even going to do it. Too tired. Poor little you. Verse 16. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. So the sluggard, the lazy person, considers himself quite better than seven people that are wise, rendering that reason. Verse 17, He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh the dog by the ears. As a madman who casteth firebrands and arrows in death, those are all destructive things. You want to take me to task on that? Firebrands, arrows, and death. They're all intended to kill. So is the man that deceiveth his neighbor, so you, you are lying, you are tricking them, and saith, Am I not in spot? Is, as the British would say. I'm just kidding, would be the American version of that. It is not good when you lie, cheat, and steal, and say, Oh, it was just a joke. That is evil. It's actually categorized, according to the Lord, as weapons of death. So don't do that. 
Verse 20, there is no wood where, where there is no wood, there the fire goeth out. There's nothing to kindle. And so where there is no talebearer, there's no strife, the strife ceaseth. That's, that's where, that's where, um, the, oh my heavens, the talebearer is gossiper. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. The gossiper, if the gossiper is gone, there's, there's no troubles. Verse 22, the words of a talebearer is wounds and they go down in the innermost parts of the belly. That's, that's what a talebearer, if, if someone comes to you and says, hey, uh, that guy cheated and ended up with a whole extra week of vacation. Now you're going to be sick about that guy cheating. And you're going to be sick about the boss allowing it to happen. You're going to be sick that you have to deal with it. That's what that rottenness is. Verning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver and dross. He that hateth disassembleth with his lips. You teareth things apart and layeth up deceit within him. So you're lying not only to those around you, but you're lying to yourself. I'm sad to say I know somebody who's applying that today. Verse 25, when he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Interesting. Verse 26, whose hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. It'll all come out. Your sin will find you out. So don't, don't stay there. There's no reason to. Verse 27, whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. This is a magnification of you can fall on the rock, who is Jesus, or the rock will fall upon you. It'll crush you into tiny little pieces. Either way, you're going to meet Jesus. It's just your choice on how you want to do that. Verse 28, a lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Again, it seems like a lot of this chapter is uh, centered around truth and foolishness and deceit. And I think a lot of it can be applied in the workplace. You see, if you are honest before your boss, before your superiors, everything else will work out. God's over it all. But if you're dishonest, if you're deceitful, you are working the weapons of death. And you need to know that today, that you might be able to repent of it. Lord, forgive me if I'm doing such a thing. I thank you for the truth in Proverbs chapter 26, and I thank you that we can apply it today for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Jonathan. It's a delight to get to share this with you. I do this because Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no one comes to the Father except by the Son. That's Jesus. Now, he said that, not me. Those aren't my words. Those are the words of God who was resurrected from the dead. And you can believe him. You can have great faith in him. In fact, you can pray and ask God to increase your faith and he will do so for the glory of his son. Hey, God bless you. Have a delightful day in the Lord. You've got to stay the way.